Hello and welcome once again to another episode of the Hey Coach podcast. This is your host, Eric Reyes, and this is the podcast that takes a look at business concepts taken from coaching and the athletic sidelines. Once again, thank you for tuning in. If you can take some time out, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps other people find the show, moves me up in the ranks, and it will notify you when the newest episode of the Hey Coach podcast comes out. Today is part two of one-on-one, the assert principles to success. Today, we're going to talk about stance. If we look at the definition of stance, the first one is the way in which someone stands, especially when deliberately adopted, as in baseball, golf, and other sports. So let's talk about the foundation of a proper athletic stance. One, normally you have your knees bent. Feet are slightly wider than your shoulders, your chest and eyes are up, your hips are back, your back is straight, and your arms are out to the side or in front of your body. This fundamental position is the starting point for large amounts of movements in athletics, both in the weight room and on the field. So if we look at, let's say, a golf stance, in golf, the stance affects a few parts of your game. It affects the speed of the club your ability to turn and swing through the ball, and it also helps with your balance. In football, especially on the offensive line, a stance is the depth of the stamps, the correct hip placement, the proper weight distribution. And with these areas, it allows the athlete to effectively move to the next position with the maximum force generated from your lower body. If it's too narrow, you can topple over. If it's too wide, you can't move forward. You need to stand up first, then take that forward step. We'll get back to the reasoning why I'm telling you this later on. But let's look at the second definition of stance. The attitude of a person or organization towards something, a standpoint. Now, when we talk about stance, we're talking about ethics, core values, your perspective. So what's the importance of core values in our personal life? Now, great article that I read from the Values Institute, and I'll put that link on our show notes. And what they say is the core values drive behavior and forms beliefs. So examples of core values include reliability, dependability, loyalty, honesty, commitment, consistency, efficiency. People who have satisfying relationships often say that their partner shares their value. They're usually talking about core values, which dictate how they live their lives. Now, all values in an ideal world would be positive. But since we're not in an ideal world, there are also some negative values like greed and self-interest. If you look at any of those movies like The Wolf of Wall Street or Wall Street, that's the epitome of these negative values. Negative values happen when you're forced in situations where you're either scared of something or something is going to happen and you're not sure. And these negative values can pop up if you don't have proper positive core values set up. Now, What's the importance of core values in the corporate world? Well, core values 
help in decision making. A company will eliminate bad products or set higher standards if one of their properties is to have high quality. Core values help identify the company not only to their employees, but to their customers and future clients. They form expectations for the outcome of future interactions. Core values has turned from just empty words to recruiting and retention tools. Some people are looking for jobs at companies that share their value. And some companies make sure that they distinguish themselves from others based on their core values. So how do we start to identify our own personal values? Well, I saw an article by Scott Jeffries, and again, I will put this also in the show notes, where he has seven steps to discovering your personal core values. His first step is to start with a beginner's mindset. Clear your mind. Don't think of ideas of what you might want or what you... Just completely clear your mind of any values that you can think of. The second thing is to create your list of personal values. So I'm going to also put a link from Scott Jeffries, who he has a list of 200 personal values to start with, but just look at them. Don't start picking one by one. Just take a quick glance at them. See what makes you curious. See what makes you feel good about yourself. But also think of when you're angry, what values are in there that you don't want to follow. Then figure out also what you think is really important in your life and write all of these down. Don't do anything, just write them all down. Step three is chunk chunk your personal values into related groups. Some of these things are going to kind of blend together, like accountability, uh, responsibility, growth, learning. It's kind of in the same ballpark. Intimacy. Just group them generally as quick as possible. Don't try to like really squeeze them into one two, three, four different groups. Just group them up. The fourth step is highlight the central theme of each value group. So now what you're going to do is you're going to take those groups and see what's the underlying theme of these groups. So now you're going to start making them into, if you had six groups, maybe you're going to make them into four groups or three groups. But find the underlying theme to some of these and group them together. The fifth thing is to determine your top personal core values. Now, what's essential? What defines you and your reason for being? You can't stand for everything. Like in a football stance, as we said earlier, if you're too wide, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. You can't have all the core values, all the good core values. But you also just don't want one. So how many core values should you end up with? Well, as I said before, too few is what he says. You won't capture all the unique dimensions of who you are. But if you have too many, you'll forget them. You won't take advantage of them. You can't build on them. So a number somewhere between 5 and 10 would be good. Step six, give your personal values 
richer context. So now here's where some creativity comes into play. You want to make some memorable phrases, some sentences that help you articulate the meaning behind these values. So if you can say what you are, who you are, what you stand for, put them in sentences. So this way it's easier for you to remember what those values are. And the seventh step is test the ecology of each value. So once you've completed your list of core values, walk away from them, revisit them the next day, and review the list. How does the list make you feel? Do you feel that they are consistent with who you are? Are they personal to you? Do you see any value that feels inconsistent with who you are? Check your priority ranking. Do you feel like your values are in proper order of importance? There's nothing final, and you can make as many tweaks and changes as necessary. As you grow, some of these values will change, and they should change. As you grow, you evolve, and things change. But the good thing is that you don't need to go and start from the beginning. You have a nice base value system which defines you, and now you can work from there. So I hope this helps you. This is not the full idea. It's a start. But remember, like the saying says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you like what you hear from me, please share this with someone who you think could use it. If you want to get in touch with me to talk more about this, my email is eric at heycoachrays.com. I'd love to hear from you. And our next step in our one-on-one assert principle of success will be about your strengths. Until next time, get into a proper stance, set that base, and move forward. Take care.